Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin. Thank you for joining in on my morning podcast, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Today is another wonderful, wonderful day because this is truly the day that the Lord has made. How many of you know that the Bible says that the pure in heart will see God and we have to have a pure heart in order to be able to see things clearly, not just to be able to see the evil, but we have to be able to see the good too. And when we have a pure heart, we can see not just what the devil is doing, but we will be able to see what God is doing also. This keeps us from being discontent. This keeps us from being fearful, knowing and understanding that yes, things are going on. The devil's in the world, but it helps us to remember and understand, but but so is God. And greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world. Hey, I dropped in briefly because you know I got to know. You got, you know, I got, yes, I'm here to get in your business so we can go in and deal with those inner issues, right? Because Proverbs 4.23 tells us to guard our hearts. For out of it flows, the NLT version says, everything that you do. So I like to say that the issues in our life is coming from what's inside. Let's get ready. You're ready to dig because we're going to go deep. Now, I I need you to make me a promise though. I need you to promise me that when correction comes, you won't run. Why? Because correction is a good thing. The Bible tells us that God chastised those that he loved. He promised to be gentle. It's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. And if judgment is going to begin, it's going to begin in the house of the Lord. But I don't know about you. I figure if I judge myself first, then I won't have to be judged. But I'm just, I I don't know about you, but my desire is to uh, fulfill God's desire. And um, I definitely want to be one of the pure in heart. I want to be able to see the evil, but I want to be able to see the good too. We got to be able to see both of them. Okay. So um, we're getting ready to dive in today. And, and again, I got to know, I got to know, I got to know. Uh, we're going to talk about understanding the dangers of discontentment while we, um, this is such an exciting study. I'm, I'm thanking you guys so much for joining in all my morning Bible study, because really this is what this is. It's my morning Bible study time. And um, this is where he's leading me. And it's so interesting how everything is just connecting. I didn't know the dangers of discontentment really myself until I started studying it today. But it's so important that we learn to be content in whatsoever state we're in. But before we get going, hey, again, thank you guys again for joining in. I'm Arthur Proley Martin. Thank you for joining in on my podcast, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. And we're going to pray right now. Father God, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, Father. You said we're two or three. There you are. Father God, I thank you for revealing your word to us, that your word will not land on uh, deaf ears. And um, the ears will be open and eyes will be open, that you will give us a rhema word, Father God. Um, and, and you will reveal to us the wisdom to know how to do what we're learning here today as we begin to dig in your word, Father God. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise right now in Jesus' name, Father God. And we thank you that our hearts are open to receive your engrafted word. Okay, we're just we're gonna start right now because we have to understand the dangers of discontentment. Contentment comes also when we're um, when we're not patient. The Bible tells us that we're gonna have need of patience because after we've done the will of God, how many of you know? We're going to have to wait on God. But when we become discontent, when we become impatient, 
we become discontent, right? It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises, right? So the Bible tells us, don't get tired of doing good. Don't go weary in doing good. For in due season, we will reap what we sow if we faint not. So my, I'm here today. We're going to talk about this subject. So we don't want to faint. Don't faint. Don't faint. Don't faint and stay in God's rest. And the way we stay in God's rest is when we stay in God's word and we act on what is saying. Remember, the children of Israel could not enter into the rest of God because of unbelief. They didn't believe what he said. Okay, so unbelief keeps us from experiencing the peace of God, from being able to enter into the rest of God. Okay, but we're getting ready to get into this. We're going to learn to be content. We're not going to, when we start to compare ourselves and to ourselves, the Bible says this is not wise. Why? Because when we compare ourselves to other people, who is there? Let me stop right here. Who in the world is there to compare yourself to when there is no one else like you? God was so satisfied when he created you, he broke them all. He didn't see the need to create another one just like you. And even if you have a twin, they might look like you on the outside, but they're not like you on the inside. Our fingerprints are not even the same. Okay, so I'm just saying that to say we are wonderfully and marvelously made. We're created in his own image and likeness. Who is there to compare yourself to? Because when we get off into this comparison game, that causes us to be discontent and it causes us to start chasing after the things of the world. Remember, God tells us in Genesis, I mean, Exodus 20, 17, the 10th commandment, he told them, do not covet. Don't covet your neighbor's house. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet your ma- na- their servant or any other words. Don't covet anything that you see someone else that someone else has. And to covet something is to want what somebody else wants. Covetousness is a lustful desire for something that doesn't belong to us. Now, let me tell you why we can be content. Whatever God has for you, it is for you. There is no shortage in heaven. How many of you guys know that? There is no shortage in heaven. A lot of times people don't want to share what they know because they're thinking, if you learn what I learned, then you're going to take my customer. No, no, no. There is no shortage in heaven. Okay? So, we don't have to covet after each other's stuff. What God has for you is is set aside for you. And what God has for me is set aside for me. So I don't feel anxious or none of that because I'm not in competition with anyone. Okay, I'm content in the state that I'm in because I'm on my way to where God is taking me. Right? So that's where I'm headed. I'm headed in the direction that the Lord is leading me and I'm not racing against anything or anyone. So I'm not feeling anxious because I am content. I do feel an urgency But that's not anxious. And when I say an urgency, my urgency, I feel like the Holy Spirit is putting on me is to put as much word out into the world as possible. Because we're going to need the word of God. And when I say the word of God, I'm talking about the word, the B-I-B-L-E, the word of God. So we're going to we're going to jump in here and we're not going to compare ourselves to anyone, anything else, because that causes us to feel discontent comparing ourselves to other people. And then being when we get impatient, when we get tired of waiting, that pulls us out of our season. We can jump out of our season um, when we get when we grow impatient. That's why the Bible says that we're going to have need of patience and to let patience have its perfect work. Why? Because when we're not patient, we're anxious. And when we're anxious, 
Uh, when we become impatient, we become anxious. And when we become anxious, it causes us to become unsettled and discontent. You see how all that stuff work together? This is why we must do what the Word of God tells us and let patience have its perfect work so we can be mature. Mature people understand the wait. A mature person understand that I have to wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord, that means to serve the Lord. It doesn't mean to sit around doing nothing. It means that whatever God has told you to do, keep doing it. Serve the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not faint. Um, so whatever God is telling you to do, keep doing it until he tells you to do something different. Okay, so don't grow weary. Because when we grow weary, when we get tired of waiting... That means we're not letting patience work. When we, when we let patience work, it causes us to be mature. Because babies don't understand that you got to wait. They want it and they want it right now, right? So we got to let patience have its perfect work so we can be mature, complete and tired, wanting nothing. When we patient people are content people, okay? And what I mean when I say content, I'm not saying you're just satisfied with where you're at. But you're satisfied with where you're at for right now because you know you're waiting in faith. And and that's another question that I need to ask. Are you waiting in faith? And what I mean by waiting, I'm not talking about sitting around doing nothing. Whatever it is that you feel like God is calling you to do, are you doing it in faith? Because remember, anything done outside of faith is sin, right? So we have to wait in faith because when you're waiting in faith, in other words, you're, you're doing what you know in your heart God has told you to do. And the reason you can be content doing what you're doing is because you know you're on your way to where he's taking you. This is not the end of your story. Every day that God wakes us up, that means he still has a good plan for us. We're not, he's not finished with us yet. So learn to be content. We got to let patience have his perfect work. Because when we're impatient, a patient person is a mature person, Proverbs say, because a patient person is a person of understanding. Impatient people, it's a sign of immaturity. Let patience have its perfect work. Whatever God is telling us to do, let's continue to do so we can stay in that place of contentment. And I, I, the, the Apostle Paul says, I'm content in whatsoever a place I'm in. I've learned to... Uh, be content when I have it all. And I've learned to be content when I have nothing. Why? Because his contentment is not based upon the things of this world. His, the reason he's stable, steadfast, and immovable, and able to always abound in the work of the Lord is because his contentment is not based upon the things that he have, and it's not based upon the things that he don't have. When our contentment is based upon what we have or don't have, then we're not resting in the Lord. It's based upon this world system. It's based upon the things of this world. We cannot, when we learn to be content in whatsoever state we're in, that's when we're resting in God. That's when our faith is in God and we're not lusting after the things of the world. Hold on with me because I'm going to show you how discontentment is greed and it's and greed and uh, which is covetousness, which is a form of idolatry. How it's all connected. So Colossians three and five. We're going down to Colossians three and five. It says, "Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world." Wow. 
So a greedy, which is our, our, our covetousness, which is our, our covetousness, it says, don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolatry, worshiping the things of this world. So um, covetousness is greed. It's when we lust. It's having a lustful desire for something that's not ours. That's why God told us in Exodus 20, 17, you should not covet your neighbor's house. You should not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his, don't covet. Don't be lusting after. So this is why he, Colossians 3 and 5 says first, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. This is in us. The devil is tempting us with what's already in us, right? That's how temptation works. When a man is enticed and drawn away by his own evil desires, right? So I like to say that the devil is tempting us with what's already inside of us. So here he says, don't, don't be greedy. He said, he said, well, put the death earthly um, things lurking within you, lurking within our flesh. He said, put it to death. Put it to death. In other words, quit doing this. Don't do this anymore. Sexual morality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Why? This is the why? Because these are the triggers. These are the open doors to covetousness, which leads to discontentment. Because when we start lusting after other things, it brings us out of the word and into the world. That's so he say, love not the world, nor the things of the world. For the love of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Uh, when we operate in these things, then the love of the Father is not in us. And um, John tells us this first time. So he's saying, so put to death the sinful of nature. Th- these things that he's mentioning in Colossians is talking about the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. He's saying these evil desires. Why? Because our evil desires, these are the things that pull us, right? So Eve was, the reason Eve came, the devil was able to lure her out of her her place of contentment and cause her to feel discontentment is because of the, uh, the lust of the eyes, right? And the lust of the flesh. The devil uses greed to tempt us and entice us so he can pull us out of our place of contentment by using us to lust after the things of this world. This is why Colossians says that. Don't be greedy for a greedy person or a covetous person is an idolater worshiping the things of the world. How does he do it? He pulls us out of our place of discontentment by trying to make us think that evil is good and good is evil. Trying to make us believe that the grass is greener on the other side. He wants us to think that God is not enough. He wants us to feel like we're not enough. And when the devil can get us off into that arena, that's when discontentment settles in. And when discontentment settles in, that's when the chase begins. That's when we start chasing after the things of the world instead of the things of God. But the apostle Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatsoever state I'm in. When I'm a base, when I'm up high doing good, I'm good. When I'm down low, I'm doing Why? Because I, once again, I want to reiterate that his contentment was not based upon his, his life, his situations. His contentment, the world system or the world system, his contentment was based on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why it's so important that we build our lives on the rock and not the sand. He says the wise man built his house on the rock and the foolish man built his house on the sand. So when the when life comes, you can always tell when somebody's life is built on sand. Because when life comes, all you have to do is look at how they react because uh, what's in us will come out of us. 
And then, you know, you're just all over the place because the house is not, it's, it's, it's built on the sand and not the rock. When our house is built on the rock, we will have some emotional stability. It's not that we're not human and we're not going to cry. That's not what I'm saying. But we're not, in other words, we're just not going to fall all apart when the house is built on the, on the rock. I, what I notice is that when the storms come, um, I've seen tornadoes tear houses apart. But the foundation was still there. You know, they show on the news all of the house. Wood is everywhere. But you can see that the foundation is still there. Because the house was built on a solid foundation. So they could just build, rebuild around that foundation. Because the house was built on a solid foundation. And when life, when the storms of life come against our life, if the house, if our life is built on a solid foundation, on the word of God, on the counsel of God, on the will of God, we won't be carried away with every wind and doctrine. And we'll be like that tree that's planted by the river. And though it may sway and it may, you know, we might cry some or, you know, uh, we're not, it's not going to, it's not going to move. The, the tree may sway and all this, but it's not going to move. You might lose a few towels off the roof, but it's not going to move. When that storm is over, you're still going to be saying that Jesus is Lord. You're not going to turn your back on the Lord. You're not going to backslide on the Lord. You're not going to blame God for the things that you went through. Why? Because the life was built on the rock, the solid rock of Jesus Christ. So the devil used greed to tempt us. He used what's inside of us um, to tempt us, right? So that's why the Lord is saying, do away with this, this lust and this evil desires. Don't be greedy. Don't be greed because greed leads us away. Lusting after the things of the world causes us to lose our love and hunger for the, um, for the word. Lusting after the things of the world causes us to lose our love and hunger for the, for the word. It causes us to lose our hunger and our focus from the Lord. And it causes us to become discontent. Because discontentment causes us to chase after other things. It has a voice. It has a voice. It's called the deceitfulness of riches. Because in order to get things of this world, you're going to need money. Right? That's why he said love not the, uh, um, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Why? Because when we love money, it's, um, loving money is, is connected to greed, which is connected to covetousness. And when we get off into all those areas, it causes us to be content. The discontentment is the thing that's the driving force of it all. When we become unsettled and we begin to get anxious, when we become impatient, it's all working together. This is what the devil is looking for. When the Bible says be sober and be alert because your adversary, the devil, is going about seeking who he can devour. He's seeking someone who's anxious. He's seeking someone who's who's impatient, first of all, because when we're impatient, we become anxious. And when we become anxious, we become discontented. And when we become discontented, it's because of the spirit of greed. It's that covetousness. It's where Satan has set something in front of us and say, oh, forget this God stuff. It don't work. It's taking too long. And then we start chasing after other things. But God said, I need you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. I need you to rest in me. I need you to be content in me. Be satisfied with what I've given you. Eve was, uh, he was able to tempt Eve because she was not satisfied. She was tempted by greed. She was not satisfied 
with what she had. She didn't know that she had everything that she needed because she had God. And it's the same way with us. We have everything we need because we have God inside of us. He has given us witty inventions. He has given us power to get the wealth. And we don't have to go outside of him trying to create our own Ishmael. We can go to God and say, Lord, give me your wisdom to get the wealth that you put in me. Give me witty inventions. You promised me in your word that you give me witty inventions. Everything that we need to succeed is inside of us. I like to say we're fully loaded. We have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in us. Greater is he that's within us than the spirit that's in the world. So we don't have to go outside of God to get any of our needs met, any of our uh, physical, spiritual needs met, emotional needs met. We don't have to go outside of God for that. He said, look here, I need you to set your affections on things above, not on things below. Set your affections on things above in Colossians, which are eternal and not on things below, which are temporal, because things below are subject to change. And that's going to cause you to become discontent and unsettled. But if you'll set your affections on God above, that's eternal. And that's why he was able to say, I've learned to be content in whatsoever state I'm in. Why? Because his affections was tied to God. He was a God seeker. He was after God's own heart. It wasn't attached to this world system. It's like, I don't care what goes on around me. God that's inside of me is greater. No matter, because God is for me, nothing or no one can be against me. Because my contentment does not rest in the things I have. What uh, things which are seen are temporal. Things which are not seen are eternal. As we seek first the kingdom of God, all these natural things are going to be added unto us. But the devil wants us to go ahead of God like Abraham and Sarah and create our own Ishmael's. He wants us to go and get it our way. And I tell people, if you have to lie, cheat, and steal and kill to get it, then God didn't give it to you. Because that's not how he does things. But he says that many have pierced themselves with many sorrows, chasing after riches. Wow. You mean discontentment is connected to all of this? It's, I said, lusting, um... You know, um, let me go back to this, how the devil, he, he, he pulled Eve out of her plate of, of contentment by causing her to have greed and lust after the forbidden thing in Genesis three and six. And it says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired and to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband. He led her to believe that if she ate the evil thing, that something good would come out of it. She didn't even know that she had everything that she needed. It said it would make one wise. She was already wise, but she didn't know who she was in Christ. So when we don't know who we are in Christ, the devil uses that to pull us out of our place of contentment. When you know who you are and whose you are, you're not going to be chasing after what you already have. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. So what we have to do is go to the Father and say, Father, give me the wisdom so I can learn how to live from the inside out. Because everything I need is already inside of me. It's, I'm not chasing after the things. I'm chasing after, the, after you. And while I'm chasing after you, you would give me wisdom to know how to get the things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But when we don't know who we are in Christ, we look for our identity in the things that we have, in the play positions, in the titles, in the and life does not consist in the abundance of things the Bible tells us. He tried to tempt Jesus in the garden in Matthew 4 and 9 by saying, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. But the, the Bible said, Jesus said, the evil one has no place in me. 
Why? Because he wasn't born into sin. Yes, he had a flesh and he had the ability to sin if he wanted to. But he, he said, you don't have no place in me. I know who I am and I know whose I am. There's nothing you have that you can give me that I don't already have. That We can't let the devil make us believe that we have that something is missing. How is anything missing when we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of us? The goal is I always tell people that the provisions are in the will. When you get in the will of God, everything that you need is in the will of God. You don't have to go outside of God to get your needs met. Because when we go outside of God to get our needs met, that's when idolatry comes in. Because when we're worshiping anything, money, that's when the spirit of mammon, when we're uh, becoming greedful and covetousness, that's going to lead to idolatry because it's going to lead us away from the true God into the God of this world, chasing after, uh, after things instead of chasing after God. But let patience have its perfect work because when we're patient, we won't be anxious. And when we're, and when we're patient, we won't grow discontent because we have to be patient to be content in whatsoever state we're in. And we have to have our soul anchored in the Lord. Jesus have to be um, our source when we're content. Because when Jesus, when our soul is not anchored in the Lord, our emotions, we're going to be all over the place if our contentment is based upon what we have and what we don't have. So in other words, when things are good, I'm content. When things are not good, I'm discontent. That's when our that's when we're not resting. Our faith is not in the Lord, but our faith is based upon what we have and what we don't have. Our faith is based upon what we can see. Our faith is is uh, our emotions are attached to things that are temporal. Because things that are temporal, temporary, they're always changing. But when we set our affection on God above, like Colossians says, then it's going to help us to be stable. Go listen to that podcast, How to Be Emotionally Stable. Um, I did a podcast on how to be emotionally stable, but we have to be, that's how we, that's how we're content when our, when we're, our affections are set on God above and which is eternal and not things alone, which are temporal. So when things change in the earth, we still can be content because our faith is in the Lord and our soul is anchored and God is our source. Our, our source is not coming from the world. Our faith is not built on this world system, what they can and can't do. We're in the world, but we're not of the world, okay? In other words, the same rules don't apply to us. I'm telling you, God will give us favor. The favor of God is on us. And we need to expect good things to happen to us because the plans God has for us are good and not evil, Jeremiah 29, 11, to prosper us and bring us into great success. God has good things. Every good and perfect gift comes down from God the Father. And if we'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we won't grow discontent. We cannot be looking at other things, looking at the world, and that's going to pull us out of our place of contentment. We can't compare ourselves because there's no one to compare ourselves to. Because God is satisfied with you. So who is there to compare you to? I just want to sit there for a minute. Who is there to compare? Who or what is there to compare yourself to? You're not good enough compared to who? God is our standard, not this world system. As believers, we don't live on, they have first class, middle class, low class, you know, whatever that is. 
but I'm God class. I don't know about you because I'm an heir and joint heir in Jesus Christ. And my life, life does not consist in the abundance of things that we possess. In other words, that's the world system. But God's system is we're heirs and joint heirs. We're all the same in his eyes. We're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The problem is we just don't know who we are. And when we don't know who we are, the deceiver is able to come along and trick us out the truth. Isn't that, he did that to Eve. Who was the, one of the brothers that sold his whole, whole birthright for a morsel of food? When we don't know who we are, we'll sell our soul to the devil. Jesus, the devil said, hey, if you bow down and worship me in Matthew 4 and 9, I give you all of this. Jesus said, you shall, thou shalt not tempt or test the Lord thy God, for it is written. You know, you don't have anything to give me. Because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The world don't have anything to give us. Luke 12 and 15 tells us, say, I'm sorry, lusting or coveting after things is greed. Right? We're constantly talking about this. Lusting and coveting after things is greed. And greed will always lead us to the place of discontent. Because greed drives us. Greedy, greedy people is always trying to get what they can get. Greed is a spirit. It's a spirit of lust. It's lust of the flesh. It's work of the flesh. Right? So Luke 12 and 15 says, Then he said to them, Watch out. This is Luke 12, 15. Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions or in the abundance of things. Life does not consist in the abundance of things, King James Version say. Luke 12, 15. Lust and greed will cause us to come out of contentment. It'll keep us from being content. And we use this word grind. That's chasing after the things of the world. Let's make sure that we're seeking first. If we continue to seek first the kingdom of God and uh, his righteousness, all these things that we need, this pertinence to our purpose, will be added unto us. Some of the things that we think and we need or won't isn't even really important. And when you get these things, it's just empty. And I don't know about you, but I've seen a shirt and I just, ooh, I just loved it, loved it. Got that shirt home and like, wow, it's not even all that. Haven't even worn it. But you see how the devil tricks us? He wants, greed will lead you to believe that you just got to have this. He wants to take our focus off the word so we can put our focus on the world and then begin to be in pursuit of the things of the world rather than in pursuit of things God. Luke 12, 15. Then he said to them, watch out, be sober, be alert, right? Be on guard, the verse says here, against all kinds of greed. Why? Because this is the devil that's coming to tempt us. He's coming with to make us to greed is covet to covet after something to lust after something to desire something be careful against all kinds of greed life does not consist in abundance of things so the devil just like he did jesus he wants to come with his with all kinds of greed lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and the pride of life he wants to use these doors because those are the doors of temptation those are three doors of temptation he, and that's the spirit of the world right and he wants us to go through one of those doors because if he can get us to go through one of those doors when we love the world then the love of the father is not in us when we love the world the love of the w-o-r-d is not in us this is what john tells us hebrews 13 and 5 says keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because god has said 
Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Look at this. So the love of money is mentioned in the same verse with being content. How is this? Because when we're not content, then we start chasing after things. In order to get things, you got to have more money. You see how how all that's connected? I'm not teaching against money. I'm teaching against chasing after money. And I'm teaching loving money. I'm, I'm talking about having more faith in the world system than in God's system. So the, the world system say, um, you got to do this, 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 and to get this. And I'm, I'm, hey, the Bible say money answers things, right? Money answers natural things. But what I'm talking about is being in pursuit of the God who gives us the money, who gives us the power to get the wealth, who gives us the witty inventions, who gives us the wisdom to create something as simple as a Frisbee and make millions of dollars, something as simple as a baseball and make all this money. That was a God idea. Um, God would give us witty inventions and we'll sometimes we need to sit and be still and listen and then when he gives us the the idea we need to say okay lord if this idea came from you you're going to show me um i need your wisdom to show me um what i need to do with it okay so he'll send somebody in your life and say okay you need to get it patent that's your next step okay you need to go on and get your business uh going for this um because before you launch it out there, you need to get it copywritten so nobody is still your idea. You know, that's God giving you and he might add people in your life. Or now we got YouTube videos. We can just ask, how do you do this? How do you do that? And a video pop up and show you. We need to get the wisdom of God so we can know what to do with the idea, the witty inventions that he has given us. So we just thank God today for witty inventions so we can chase after what God is offering us and not what the devil is offering us because he used the deceitfulness of riches because how many of you know that money has a voice? And the voice of money says, if I have more money, I can do this. I'll be happier. I, 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 I can get a wife that makes more money. And together we can do better. Um, money do this. and my, Yeah, money answers a lot of natural things. But that can't, that can't be our driving force. Our driving force cannot be running after money. Our driving force has to be um, running after the will. I'm telling you when you're running after money. When you're chasing money, you don't have things time for the things of God. And that's the plan. You don't have time for... The, and when I say the things of God, I'm not talking about just listening to Bible verses. I'm not even talking about running to the building. I'm talking about doing what the works of the Lord, whatever it is that God is telling you to do. Some of you have called to ministry. You don't ran off and left your ministry chasing them behind the money, not knowing that your money is in the ministry because the provisions are in the will. When you get in the will of God, the provisions are in the will of God. And I'm not talking about it's not okay to have multiple screens of income. But what I'm saying, even in that, make sure that the ideals are coming from God. Because the devil can give you some ideas too. But every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. If it's it's a good idea, uh, it could be a God idea. Whatever God calls us to do, he will grace us to be able to do it. And what we have to go and ask him, he said, come on and ask me for my wisdom. I'm not going to make you feel stupid or dumb. I'm not going to rebuke you. I'm going to tell you what to do because I want you to know what to do. So here we see Hebrews 13 and 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money. And And then he says, and be content with what you have. So the love of money and discontentment goes together. Because like I said, when we grow discontent, 
contentment, this when we're no longer content in the state that we're in, we start chasing. You got to get the money to get the things. That's the mind. We got to go after the money. Forget God. We're going to go after the money. I don't have time for God. I'm, so, I'm too busy working. I don't have time to read. I don't have time for nothing. Why? Because the money is your source. You don't see God as your source. And ups, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. Don't go nowhere. Okay. There's no condemnation and none of this. Right. But when we don't have time for God, the word of God, and, and, and we have to spend some time in the word of God. Yes, we're going to have to sit some time aside the same way we spend time studying for that college degree, same way we spend time studying to learn our job, going to training for our job. We're going to actually have to get in here, whether it's on and and, um, get in the word and study. If you'll study, God will give you your own revelation and you won't have to sit up and listen to other people up. No condemnation. Hold on. Wait a minute. Stay right there. But when we don't have time for the word of God. We don't have time for God. And whatever is taking the place of God, it could be a job. You don't even have time to fellowship because so busy chasing after the money. But we say we tithers, but we don't believe that the devourers rebuked. Hold on. Oh, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. There's no condemnation. I'm talking about how loving money causes us to be discontent. And I know a lot of people say, well, I don't love money. I don't love... Yes, when we come out of the place of, of being content and we get in the place of discontentment, he said, keep your lives free from the love of money, Hebrews 13, 5. And be content with what you have. Because when we become discontent, we're not satisfied with what we have. So when we're not satisfied with what we have, then we say, well, I need more money so I can be more satisfied so I can get some of the things I want. Don't get me wrong. It takes money. I'm not teaching against money. I'm talking about not chasing after money. That when you're satisfied with what you have, the way when, when our soul is anchored in the Lord, the reason I can be satisfied, the reason I can be tent in the state that I'm in is because I understand my soul was anchored in the Lord, first of all, and I understand that the plans that God has for me are good. And this is not it. Where I am now is where I see yourself as being where you are now as on your way to where you're going and let patience have his perfect work so you don't jump out the season and start going making your own Ishmael. That's what Abraham and Isaac did. They had a word from the Lord. They knew this is what God, if God has given you a word and God has given you a vision, then he's responsible for financing that vision. He is the CEO and the CFO, but what we have to do is ask God for wisdom. And sometimes you might have to slow down and be still, but whatever you do, always spend time in the word. Don't be so busy building a vision and you don't have no word in you because we have to have character to go with the call. Otherwise, all you're doing is build, fixing the outside of a cup and the inside is empty. We're not trying to build things based on the world system. We're not trying to build any tower babbles. We're trying to build whatever it is that we're building. We want people to look at it and say, oh, glory to God. Because there's a lot of people with a lot of works, but don't have no word. There's a lot of people with a lot of good works, but they don't have no relationship. There's a form of godliness, and then there's actually uh, contentment with true contentment with godliness is great wealth. Some people are just looking like they're godly to gain wealth, but on the inside, they're empty shells. They have the form of godliness, but we're denying the power. So, you know, you can have some good works and it not be God works. 
But we have to have character to go with the call. It's not enough just to have a vision. We need a relationship. Because we can build the gifts and callings of God without repentance. We can build stuff and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can build stuff and say we're Christians and not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But he's going to be like, well, who are you? I never knew you'd depart from me. Yeah, you did that and you said it was in my name, but I don't even know you. You didn't even have a relationship with me. We have, you know, there's no condemnation. Hold on, wait a minute. This is not for condemnation. This is for edification, exhortation, and correction. I'm just showing you the dangers of discontentment. Discontentment comes when we're impatient. So we have to let patience, what's the solution? We got to let patience have its perfect work so we can become mature because patient people are mature people. So we can be mature, complete, entire, lacking, and wanting nothing. This is what's going to cause us to be settled and stable, steadfast and movable and always able to abound in the things of God when we allow patience. Patience is like the roots of a tree. Patience is going to be the thing to hold that tree to the ground. That's why trees don't fall when storms come because of the roots. It has really deep roots to keep that tree from toppling over. You just can't see the roots. You think it's the strength of the tree, but the reason the tree is so strong is because of the roots. And when we have deep roots, when the word of God is rooted deep down off inside of us, the devil can't steal it. It doesn't matter what storm comes in life. And people look at that person and say, oh, they're really strong. They're really strong. Well, really what they see is that they're rooted in God. Job, he lost everything he had, but he would not cuss God. He was rooted in God. His faith was grounded. It was rooted and grounded in God no matter what came, no matter what the storms were. They were steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the works of the Lord. I've seen people just go through one thing after another, but they refuse to curse God. They refuse to turn their back on God. They refuse to get angry at God. They continue to serve the Lord. Why is this? Because they were steadfast, immovable. Their faith was not based upon the things of this world. Their faith was rooted and grounded in the Word. And so when the storm, and because they built their life on the rock, When the storms of life came, they were still able to stand. Because like the wise men, they built their house on the the rock. Their faith was in who Jesus Christ was. It wasn't based upon their situation and their circumstances, but it was based on who Jesus Christ was, is. So covetousness is a form of idolatry because it causes us to focus, hunger, and thirst after the things of the world. And it brings us out of a place of contentment with God. Again, he tells us, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of things. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God said he'll never leave you nor forsake us, right? Timothy 6 and 10 through 11 says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered. They left the faith and they pierced themselves with many griefs. It says, but you, man of God, flee all of this and for us to pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. This is what we should be in pursuit of. We should not be in pursuit of money. We should be in pursuit of righteousness, godliness, faith, 
love, endurance, and gentleness. Timothy 6 and 10 says a lot of people have, uh, uh, the love of money is the root. Money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Because when people love money, they do evil things to get it. They lie, cheat, steal, and kill to get it. When we love it, we covet. And the and the whole driving force for us chasing after things is greed, discontentment, being impatient. Those are the driving forces. When we get discontent, we come out of God's rest. Discontentment comes when we're impatient. But after we, it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. That's what the word of God tells us. It's through faith and patience. Therefore, Psalms 37 and 3 NLT says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pastures. Take the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's always coming back to, to the Lord. He said, don't, don't, don't chase after the money because many have departed from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs, chasing after money. They have left the faith. They ran off from God in pursuit of the, of the, of the things of the world. And that Eve did, she, she, she left God to go after the fruit, the thing that she wasn't supposed to have. She didn't have time for God. And a lot of people are backslidden. Hold, hold on, wait a minute. But when we get in pursuit of the things of the world, we lose our hunger for the word. Do not love the world nor the things of the world, for we love the world. The love of the Father is not in you. Matthew 6, 25, 24 through 26. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than they? For the pagans run after these things. People that's not saved, they chase after these natural things. What are we chasing after? Are we in pursuit of God or are we in pursuit of the things of the world? Hold on, wait a minute. There's no condemnation in it. Because guess what? Today is another good day. And we get to do what God said. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not yet. So there's no condemnation. Because today we learned something that we didn't know yesterday. That when we covetousness, the danger of discontentment, it causes us to covet after things of the world. When we begin to grow discontent, we start chasing after things that, that we ain't got no business chasing after. Instead, we start chasing after the things of the world. Discontentment, greed. Greed and discontentment. When we become discontent, it causes us to be not satisfied with God. It causes us not to be satisfied with the place that we're in. Contentment with godliness is great gain. The Apostle Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatsoever state I'm in. Why? Because my contentment is not based upon what I have. Because life does not consist in the abundance of things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that we need, all these things that the devil is trying to make us think that we got to have uh, to be happy. I, I, to be happy, I need, a, I need a better husband or a better spouse. To be happy, I need a better job. To be happy, I need a better car. To be happy, I need a better house. I need a better spouse. What is it that the devil, the deceitfulness of riches, what is it that the devil is trying to entice you with, to lure your way, to make you feel and believe that God is not enough? What is it that he's dangling in your face? It was a forbidden fruit for Eve. What is it he's dangling in your face that caused you to run off and leave God? Hold on, wait a minute. 
there's no condemnation in it. But what is it? It's just so we can refocus, so we can set our eyes on the prize. And Jesus Christ is the prize. Because like I, I'm, I'm saying constantly, the provisions of God is in the will of God. When we seek first the kingdom of God, this is why he told us to seek first the kingdom of God and, and, um, and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. Right? He tells us in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us and have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Why is he saying this? Because, and don't be greedy. Why? Because these things, this, these are the tools that the devil used to pull us out of our place of contentment. And don't be greedy. Don't covet. Don't be greedy, a greedy person. Because a greedy person is an idolater. They're coveting. Covetousness is, is idolatry. And it pulls us. When I, when I want what you want, when I'm lusting after what you want, when I'm uh, trying to compare myself to you, so you get some shoes, I go get some better shoes. That's, that's a boastful, prideful, the pride of life. That's covetousness. I want what you got. So you go get something and I go get something. I'm in competition. Who are you in competition with? Because the other person ain't even in the race. That's something that's on the inside of you. When life happens to you, it's really showing you what's inside of you. But what we do is we look at the other person and we blame it on them. But really, what's, what's that driving force? When we're not satisfied within ourselves, when we're not resting in the Lord, when we're not content with what we have, we allow the devil to draw us out of our place of contentment. And now we're coveting and we're greedy and we have not because we ask not and we're not getting it because we're asking just to squander on our own pleasure. Because in our mind, we're in competition with somebody else and they don't even know they're in the race. But that's the devil who wants to lure us and wants to entice us and wants to bring us out of our place of contentment. That's how he did it, right? He got her to look at it. He got Eve to look at it and she saw that it was good for food. You see the seduction of it all? The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is what causes us to be discontent. These are the three doors. These are the three temptations. These are this is the way that the devil gained access into our lives to try to get us off of the word of God, to try to get us off of the things of God, to try to make us think that God is not enough, that we are not enough. And when we don't know who we are in Christ. We deal with discontentment a lot. So spend some time. I challenge you. My challenge for you today is to spend some time knowing, understanding who you are in Christ. Get my study guide book, understanding who you are in Christ, so that when the enemy comes to try to make you think that you, you, you're not enough or to try to make you think you don't have enough, you can begin to tell him like what Jesus said, it is written. I am an heir and a joint heir in Jesus Christ. I am more than enough. God was so satisfied with me. I'm the apple of his eye. Excuse me. My challenge for you today, there's no condemnation because today we get to do what God say and we can understand where discontentment come from. Discontentment really comes from being impatient because when we become impatient, we become anxious. When we become anxious, we then, we're no longer resting in the Lord. We're not, not satisfied. Discontentment is not being satisfied. Father, forgive us for not being satisfied. Because that's what happened to the children of Israel. They always mumbling, grumbling, and complain. And they, 
they would always forget what God did for them. Because when our heart, it, it talks about the parable of the sower. We endured for a season. You know, when things were good, we were good. But when the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches came, the devil was able to steal the word. Why? Because the, they had no root in themselves. They was not rooted and grounded in the Lord. And that they was not content. They didn't learn how to be content in whatsoever state they were in. So they changed with the seasons. They changed with the situations. And when we're not when we're when our we're not rooted and grounded with the Lord, we will be like the tossed and, and turned with every wind, every wave, every storm. But when we're when our soul is anchored in the Lord, we can say what the Apostle Paul says. I've learned to be content. I don't know about you, but I've learned to be content in whatsoever state I'm in. It doesn't matter what state I'm in. I'm going to serve the Lord because my soul is anchored in the Lord. I'm like that tree. We, we got to be like that tree that's planted by the rivers of the water. And we shall not be moved when the storms of life come, when the waves come. When the winds come, because they're going to come. The Bible says in this world, we're going to have some trouble. In this world, we're going to have tribulations. But what is it that drives you out of the will of God? Whatever it is that's driving us out of the will of God is the thing that's causing us. That's the lie that the devil is telling us to make us think that God is not enough. To make us think that we're not enough. What is it? You can be building a ministry and not have time for God. We have to seek first the kingdom of God. We have to be in pursuit of righteousness, peace. What is it? Self-gratification comes out of a real relationship with God. Because he tells us in his word that we're complete in him. We're already complete in him. What is it that we need to do to make us feel like we're not enough? The devil wants us to think that we're not enough. But God says, in me, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In me, you are complete. Our life is hid in Jesus Christ. And when we try to go outside of him to make our own life, that's when we lose it. But when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's when we find life. That's when we find peace. That's when we can rest. That's when we can learn to be content. And there's no condemnation. All I'm saying is today is another day. We get to do what God say. We get to build our life on the rock. And whatsoever uh, state we in, we can learn to be content. Whatever area in your life that you're feeling discontent, just all we got to do is say, Lord, forgive me for not being satisfied. This is why it's so important that in all things and in everything that we give God thanks and praise. And this is why I say keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Because to the pure, all things are pure. Meaning I don't just see that, I don't just see the bad, but I see the good too. We have to be able to see both of them. When our heart is pure, we'll be able to see good in evil. We'll be able to discern rightfully. We won't just, everything won't just be so blah and negative. But when you when you have a pure heart, we'll see the good and the evil. I'm getting ready to end it here because my time is almost up. But let's, uh, to rest in God, we have to be satisfied. Don't let the things of the world um, pull us out, out, out of the word. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. And you can learn to be content in whatsoever state you're in. 
Learn to be content in whatsoever state you're in by knowing that you're enough, by knowing that God is enough. And stay free from the love of money. Stay free from covetousness. Stay free from greed. And know and understand that what God has for you, it's for you. We don't have to be jealous of nobody else. We don't have to be coveted. Nobody else. No, don't believe the lie that having more things make you more of a person. Because that's not the world's, the word system. That's the world system. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. Unless uh, if we have been discontent, Father God, forgive us for not being satisfied because it's just what that is. And we will let patience have its perfect work so we can grow up, become mature, entire, complete, lacking and wanting nothing. For after we've done the will of God, we will have need of patience because we're going to have to wait on God. And it's through faith and patience, remember, that we inherit the promise. So whatever word God has given you, whatever promise God has given you, just let it work. Let patience work. Continue to do whatever it is that God is telling you to do. And don't jump ahead like Abraham and Isaac trying to make your own thing. But whatever word God is giving you, continue to do that word until he gives you another word. For those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. And Father God, we just thank you for being in the midst of us. And Father God, we repent. We repent for complaining. We, comp- we repent, Father, for not being satisfied. Father, for we understand now that where we are now is on our way to where you're taking us, that this is not our final resting place. For the plans that you have for us are good and not evil. They're meant to prosper. You're going to bring us into great success, and we will follow your lead, Father God, and we will rest in you. We will set our affections on you above and not on things below. We will set our affections so our, our emotions will be anchored in you and not in our changing situations and circumstances. And no matter what comes or what goes, Father God, we will let patience have its perfect work. For you said that the just shall live by faith. And that it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promise. Father, therefore, we will wait on you and we will do what you say because we want what you want, Father. Not our will, Lord, but let your will be done in our lives again today. And we will not be anxious. We'll be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Father. We will let our requests be made known to you. So then we can experience your peace, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. You said will cover our hearts and minds. And we would acknowledge you in all our ways today, Father, so you can direct our path. So we ask that you, you direct our path, Father God. And you give us your wisdom, your witty inventions. And we will wait on you, Father. We want want a word from you. We ask you for your wisdom for today. In Jesus' name, I'm ending it here. You guys be blessed and be encouraged. And let's remember to be content in whatever state we're in. Because where we are now is on our way to where we're going. I'm ending it. Thank you for joining in again. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin. Share my podcast, all my books online. Join my Facebook page, my podcast Facebook page, Pearlie Podcast. I'm ending it here. You guys keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout this wonderful, wonderful day. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will be content in whatsoever state I'm in.